Hey everyone, welcome back to the Humble and Brag podcast. In this episode, we're going to be discussing the five reasons you or your business should be on YouTube. I'm going to quiz Ed on this one because it was his idea for this episode. So Ed, without further ado, Mm -hmm. what are the five main reasons that a business or individual, more likely a business, should be on YouTube? So I've been writing a blog post about this. Okay. So I have them nicely categorized. Um, First one is the... (laughs) It's already gone. (laughs) It's already gone. Can't even think of any. (laughs) No, the reason. uh, Number one would be the simple scale. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like everyone knows... This more or less, maybe not the exact numbers, but there's like 2.7 billion people using YouTube every month, mm-hmm. like unique users basically, which uh, must be quite significantly more than half the complete worldwide internet users. So yeah, obviously a huge platform. What's interesting if you look at those numbers a bit more closely is the number of people that actually use it on a kind of daily or monthly, sorry, or weekly basis. Mm-hmm. So I think in the US, it's like over 60% of people are using it on a daily basis. And over 90% of internet users are using it on a monthly basis in the US as well. So basically, everyone that you could possibly want to reach, that you could potentially reach on the internet, in the US at least, and more and more so in, in all the other countries of the world, are using YouTube. Yeah. So it's some akin to like YouTube, even more so than, than Facebook and things as well. Really, everyone is, is there. Your target audience is there. Mm. So that's number one reason. The second reason is basically the resilience of the channel. So one of the things that is always kind of going around at the back of my head when I'm marketing for a company is like, what would happen if we turned off all the paid ads? Mm. Like what happens, what would happen if all our budget disappeared tomorrow? That can happen as well. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like basically well, last year or so when funding was uh, cut back and things and the whole kind of startup market changed. Mm. Those were exactly the conversations that were happening. Okay, maybe not the budget disappearing completely, but definitely being cut quite mm. drastically. And if you have uh, strong organic channels, then, okay, it's going to hit your marketing, but it's not going to hit it anything like as hard as a company that really relies on paid mm-hmm. only. Mm-hmm. Yep. And as well as organic channels, like uh, uh, I've seen companies that have managed to leverage YouTube to be double digit percentage of their revenue and entirely organically as well. Mm-hmm. So the only costs there are the production costs. And then basically you don't have any distribution costs. And just to come in there quickly as well, if you are if you get to a certain size on YouTube, then mm-hmm. you can also join the YouTube Partner Program where then the channel, if you get a certain percentage of views, you get a cost per million. It's like the yeah. CPM or RPM rates where you then get paid for your content as well. Right? Exactly. And if you, get, if you start producing content that starts ranking and gets all the viewership on a daily, monthly basis, you can actually get a return on investment of that content as well. Mm-hmm. So you have the, as you said, the upfront costs, but then that, those can start to be offset by the channel actually re- generating revenue for them. Yeah, business. exactly. I mean, we, we got to the point with previous companies as well where those the that, that revenue that's coming through AdSense mm. was basically covering all the production costs as well. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. To, to quite a significant degree as well. If you get into the certain figures, you, you start to make four or five, six thousand. I mean, you see some creators that share their back end, mm-hmm. the information that they have on their YouTube analytics and they're making tens of thousands every month. Like someone like Ali Abdal, I think makes around 40K a mm-hmm. month or something. I saw on one of his updates, which is that's, that's yeah, yeah, full-time. It's, yeah, it's I mean, that's salary, literally a few yeah. employees as well, yeah, isn't it? Right? Exactly. Right? So, Reason yeah. number three. Reason number three. So three and four are a little bit similar, but from a slightly different perspective. So mm-hmm. reason number three is the, the spillover effects mm-hmm. that launching a YouTube has. And I'm thinking here more on the company side. So say you bring in some video creators or YouTube strategists. Generally, those people can turn their attention to a number of different social channels or create for YouTube and then repurpose that content for other social channels Mm -hmm. or otherwise assist on the performance marketing side to produce ads and things like that Mm. and also ensure a degree of consistency across all your different video marketing assets as well. 
So in that sense, it has quite a nice spillover effect and tends to really kind of level up the quality of but the content that you put out as yeah. well. So I see a lot of companies, a lot of startups particularly, are producing maybe image assets, maybe very simple screenshot video, et cetera. And with one or two video marketers, then you can really level the quality of that content up as well. Yeah. And you kind of like start punching above your weight. So the content that you put, put out looks like it's produced by a company that is kind of larger than you actually are. Exactly. And that has all sorts of knock-on effects of like just communicating a certain degree of trustworthiness and credibility and stuff that I think is kind of a subconscious level <laughs> is kind of understood by, by potential customers. So that'll be the first three things. The other thing is the multiplier effect. Mm -hmm. So this one is kind of basic, I guess, but the simple fact that YouTube media is so embeddable and easy to re repurpose. Mm. So one of the tactics that I used at a couple of companies was basically taking those long form videos, making sure that they had a similar theme to the blog content that we were producing. So a lot of the successful blog posts would be used as inspiration to create a video, take that video and embed it within the article. And immediately you'd see improvements across the board mm -hmm. in SEO performance. So partly as a consequence of things like improved session time, but also seeing the video search results and traffic through video search results mm -hmm. increase and getting traffic directly on that video from Google. Yeah, from um, Google as search well. and definitely exactly. seeing videos rank on yeah. page one in the little video tab exactly, yeah, like yeah. halfway down the page. And if you add timestamps and chapters, you can see that it's, you can mm. kind of not game it, but you can kind of optimize it for SEO. So yeah. then your video clips, the chapters also correspond to search results and then that assists the ranking. Yeah, yeah. Super powerful. I mean, I was doing a pitch the other day and uh, used one of the examples from Career Foundry. I can't remember what the keyword was, something quite, quite broad and very competitive like UX design or so. Mm. You type it in, you get the blog article and you'd actually get two videos mm. from Career Foundry, which means then in terms of like, as, as people talk about real estate, on the search page, yeah. then already above the fold, then you pretty much have half of that. So yeah, with those things combined, okay, you're probably not going to rank two articles within the search results nowadays, mm. but you still can get multiple videos and you could probably get all three spots yeah. still. And they also so that's pretty pretty huge the video impact. Tab, right? the, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you can, then you can basically you can dominate that entirely. Yeah, exactly. Still. Like um, the UX with Career Foundry and agents and smart yeah. people. Yeah. Hopefully no Google product managers are watching this yeah. and think, oh, we should change that. That's not quite right. We should charge people for that. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> cool. Um, and then, so that was number four. Yeah, I mean, I'd say that that connection with SEO, but you have similar things across the other social channels yeah. as well. So definitely you can, you know, if you're producing YouTube shorts or like say you produce a podcast like this, mm. you can obviously cut that up for not only for YouTube, but you can yeah. also, like we do, use it across LinkedIn, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. So those would be the multiplier effects. Another one is that it's multi-channel. Okay. So, yeah, I think there's a way of framing YouTube as a platform rather than a channel. Mm -hmm. And then a platform has multiple channels. Sounds a bit jargony, but what I mean is basically you can have different video formats. So we already talked about shorts, but then you have lives. You have the long form, obviously. And then also you can do paid marketing, so pre-roll ads, etc., display ads, and then on top of that, you can also run things like influencer campaigns, yeah. testimonial campaigns and things like that. And ideally, you take quite a kind of mature, holistic approach to the to the channel and you have some kind of strategy for the, sorry, for the platform. That's what I want to say. And so you have a way of, if you think about running influencer marketing campaigns, making sure that everyone, every, every time someone Googles or YouTube searches your brand, mm. that you have influencer videos that pop up from third-party channels reviewing a product or, you know, doing some kind of entertaining video that gets a lot of organic views, that kind of thing. 
in order that you get a lot of kind of positive sentiment behind the brand. Mm -hmm. And then you have your organic search strategy. So you get videos ranking on YouTube search and Google search as well. And then you have some kind of strategy around shorts and lives Mm -hmm. to engage and nurture leads, for example. And so you want a way of like addressing people at different parts, different stages of the funnel, and also just yeah, addressing different brand and performance needs Mm. by kind of harnessing those different channels within the platform. So I guess to come back to the beginning and substantiate why that's important, basically you have one platform that you can reach a ton of different people in a ton of different ways and at least four or five different different ways of doing that. Mm. I mean, it's an incredibly versatile platform. We've talked about this in numerous podcast episodes already, but I think it's just it's kind of, you can do so much on it and then that can have such a spillover effect to wider parts of the business, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's embedding, as you mentioned, the, the videos and blogs or then filtering down uh, short form content to different channels and like LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, that kind of thing. Yep. It's, yeah. It's kind of amazing that it's also free to publish on, right? I mean, I know we've got, you've got upfront production costs, but they don't charge you for a membership or they don't mm-hmm. charge you to publish. But then you have all this amazing organic uh, discoverability on the yeah, platform, yeah. which is just nuts. Cool. I mean, I saw a number six there as well. Is that like a hidden bonus? Mm. Bonus point. Number bonus, f- bonus. There is a number reason? six. There is a six. <laughs> okay. One in the blog post. Okay. That would just be like once you've done all these, do the first five basically, mm. and say you've been producing content for half a year or a year, and you've got some traction, that you've got a decent subscriber base, decent audience, etc. Same with the influencer marketing, for example. If you've got five, ten influencer marketing videos out there, then you've really created a a kind of moat. So. I think that kind of language is normally used to talk about product differentiation. But I think there's also a kind of marketing channel differentiation, particularly with organic, mm. that if you put in the effort upfront to produce content for SEO or for YouTube or you know, creating or building social audiences, it's quite difficult for a competitor to catch up with that. Yeah. They can copy a paid marketing quite quickly. They can uh, get a huge investment around and invest in that. But to really scale content takes a lot of companies quite a long time. And maybe they never achieve it because they don't have the, the skill set. So yeah, for a certain period of time, and particularly with YouTube, you're going to have a very strong competitive advantage with the moat that you've created. There. Absolutely. And we've definitely seen companies do that where you can ring fence certain keywords or topics or titles. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can you can make multiple videos in the one topic, essentially, just maybe slightly slightly different. Yeah, yeah. But you can really ring fence that content. And once you start ranking on YouTube, like I don't know how other people use YouTube, but I tend to just look at the first couple of results. Mm-hmm. I don't scroll down. And they've also changed the search results now on YouTube as well. So you have things like shorts and ads True. embedded in yeah, there. So yeah. it's less about you know ranking the top 10 results because it's all quite skewed and broken up. So you really want to be in the top three. Mm-hmm. And if you can ring fence those top three results for whatever search term you're trying to win yeah, yeah. for, I think you're golden. You know, mm-hmm. you, can, you can go really far. And you can get multiple videos within those top three as well. You can yeah. potentially have all three, right? Yeah, yeah. But and I think the other th- interesting, I mean, when talking about that mode, it seems to be quite important rank- ranking factor just in the age of the video up until a certain point. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. That new video that you produce isn't necessarily going to outrank the video that's two or three years old. No. Because the, even if they you know, have a wonderful YouTube strategy, great YouTube videos, they might even struggle to, to knock you off the top spot absolutely. a couple of years later. Yeah, absolutely. And certainly companies, if they see runaway success in a certain topic or um, title, even if they you know, have we've a wonderful done YouTube strategy, jobs great YouTube with, videos, for example, user experience to, to design topics. But you can just remake the same video almost on an annual basis or even more frequently. And then either it will do less good than the original, which is, you know, fine. You've still got that title up there. Or it will, you know, just take off and do even better. And then you still rank two videos. I mean, we saw the latter generally, didn't we? It's like, and there you could understand why YouTube would, or the algorithm there, would give that video kind of preferential treatment because it's 
probably recognizing that you're updating an existing video I mean, and building on basically making like, something more current, more actual. understand yeah. why YouTube yeah, yeah. would... I mean, uh, all very valid reasons as well. ...would give uh, congratulations for to the YouTube entry. algorithm for yes, exactly. behaving <laughs> sensibly and logically. <laughs> it's a fantastic platform, though. But yeah, it's a really, uh, really interesting rationale for being on it as well. Yeah, yeah, those would be the five reasons plus plus one. Five reasons plus a cheeky cheeky bonus reason. Yes, and by the time this video is out, this podcast, you can click on the link if you're on YouTube to check out the blog post and that will go into even more detail. And then we're going to also embed this video in the blog. Yeah, everything gets very meta. We do everything we say, but then also do the cover it in the podcast. And then you'll see the shorts on LinkedIn or the short form micro content. Maybe cut it into, because I categorized it, we can make it into shorts. Exactly. Everything gets very meta. We do everything we times. see. Well, on that note, let's round up there, I think. Yeah. Yep. Anything else you want to add? Shorts, no, I'm hungry. I think it's lunchtime. It is lunchtime. Thank you so much for watching this episode of the Humble and Brag podcast. If you've enjoyed the video and it's maybe your first time, subscribe to the channel or give the video a like. It would really help us out. If you're listening on one of the audio platforms, we share this podcast on all good Spotify. On all good podcast so providers including spotify mm-hmm. give it a little review give us a little five star maybe four star maybe five star five star review would be a huge help but thank you so much for watching and we'll see you in the next episode on all good podcast providers including spotify um give it a little review give us a little five star maybe four star maybe five star five star review would be a huge help but thank you so much for watching and we'll see you in the next episode